Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, so I was cleaning out my room recently uh, and found a bunch of things from college, different letters and things people had written me, but one stood out among the rest, to say the least. <laughs> this may be on record. <laughs> The earliest recording of <laughs> things we've written to each other. The earliest artifact found from the archives. Um, this was, well, it doesn't have a date, but it was definitely sent uh, during college. Um, and let me just show you the front for all those watching the YouTube. It contains three trolls. I like three have troll no, no recollection of this. The back says Trolliday greetings. <laughs> Trolliday greetings. And on the inside, it says the inscription that was written in there says, Wishing you good friends, good times, and magic under the missile troll. Oh my God. <laughs> but my favorite part is. Um, your inscriptions on the front, you can't, you can barely see, but each troll doll hair has an assigned character. <laughs> the one at the top says me, As they should. aka you. <laughs> the one over here says you, aka me. And this one over here in the corner, you can barely read, but it says another petty fascist. like a christmas card yes the last line you wrote says have an awesome christmas so glad we are close in parentheses actually this year <laughs> okay <laughs> that's and that's that's that that is that <laughs> if you know you know the troll the troll dictionary prevails Hmm. Patreon content. <laughs> but actually. Welcome to The Fifth Element, a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. are back um we got uh you're repping the Sedona collection I'm repping a shirt bought near Sedona wow Phoenix but um we're so close like actually <laughs> we're so close <laughs> um so today we are continuing on our conversation from a couple episodes ago about entrepreneurship and self-worth and we mentioned in there a couple times um, limiting beliefs and um, abundance and scarcity mindset. So we're going to dive into these topics a little more and hopefully like demystify them a little bit because I feel like they're super like woo-woo, spiritual phrases that get thrown around. And I've actually found them to be very helpful practically and tangibly in my life. So just... Yeah, hoping to debunk some of those stereotypes. 
Um, I also call limiting beliefs like upper limiting. I like the um, that phrase a little bit more. I don't know if it's like separate from limiting beliefs, but um, upper limiting is also what we will be discussing today. And going to be referring to The Big Leap again. Um, if you haven't bought that book, hello, we've mentioned it twice, like at least three times now. So you should be ordering it to stay up to date with <laughs> your Fifth Element podcast hosts. Um, book club. Yeah. Anything else before we dive in? No, let's let's <laughs> leap right into okay. it. You may have made that exact joke in yeah, the last exactly. episode. So we are rusty. Oh, I wanted to say too, like, um, I don't know if this is necessary to say, but a lot of the episodes that are gonna be coming out over the next couple months are like pre-recorded. So anything in there. If we're talking about like astrology of the moment, it's probably not relevant. I just felt like I had to say that because these episodes are more relevant than the ones with our guests that are coming out soon. Yeah, relevant in the context of that conversation. Exactly. Just probably not at the exact time that you're listening to them. Yes. Um, you know, we might be wearing sweaters in a July episode. <laughs> And again, a little plug for our YouTube channel. Like, come watch our facial expressions. Yes. We have ring lights, people. I know. Again, also something maybe in future episodes coming out, we don't look as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as we do Mm -hmm. right now. It's Mm -hmm. not because we have regressed. Mm -hmm. It's because it's the past. (laughs) Don't put that limiting belief onto us. Okay. No. Um, yeah. All right. So I wanted to start with reading this definition of upper limiting. So I think we'll start with the definition and we'll go from there. Um, okay. So this is from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we, are la- we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Unfortunately, our thermostat setting usually gets programmed in early childhood before we can think for ourselves. Once programmed, our upper limit thermostat setting holds us back from enjoying all the love, financial abundance, and creativity that's rightfully ours. It keeps us in our zone of competence, or at best, our zone of excellence. It prevents us from living in the ultimate destination of the journey, our zone of genius. What you need to know now is this, says Gay Hendricks. If you make a spectacular leap in one area of your life, such as money, your upper limit problem quickly enshrouds you in a wet wool blanket of guilt that keeps you from enjoying your new abundance. Guilt is a way our minds have of applying a painful grip on the conduit through which our good feelings flow. In childhood, our upper limit problem develops in acts of misguided altruism. Specifically, it develops with our attempts to take care of the feelings of others. Children are uncommonly skilled at reading body language. Perhaps you notice that the smile disappears from your mother's face when you outshine one of your siblings. 
you quickly learn to pull back a little from shining to take care of your mother's feelings. Many years later in adult life, you may find the very same pattern operating, even though there is no mother wound, no mother around whose feelings you need to protect. So, wow, we are just starting <laughs> off with a powerful metaphor. Right? You know, I love to see it. The wheels were turning. Can we just talk about this thermostat for a second? Please. Here's where my mind went. You know, the thermostat's getting, it's the temperature is rising. It's getting hot. It's getting uncomfortable. You know, if you've ever been outside in the sun on a really hot day, you know, it's humid. If you've ever sat in a sauna, like Mm -hmm. all these things, but it's all good stuff. Like it's uncomfortable, but it's so good, but we get scared and we go and we jump in the pool and we go into our air conditioned houses and cars and, you Mm -hmm. know, we get out of the sauna before all the toxins have leached out. You know, we, we take, uh, Tylenol and ibuprofen and all the things to stop the fever, even though that's the thing healing us, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the body reacting in a way that's like, I'm going to fight this virus. I got you. I can take care of you. I know what to do. Like I've memorized these mm. patterns. Like I know how to, I know how to save you all this stuff. And we stop it because we get scared of being uncomfortable. Mm. Wow. Wow. The synthesis of so many episodes that you just created. Well, right that's there. it for today, folks. Right? <laughs> Literally. Oh my gosh. So that, true. I mean, they all have that same kind of mentality of. Yes not being able to sit in the discomfort and like challenge the norm and just show up in what you intuitively intuitively feel called to like show up as well and it's not only sitting in discomfort it's it's often most often upper limiting happens when you're reaching a new frontier of joy and abundance and mm. happiness and so I I guess you are right because it does feel uncomfortable to our thermostat setting because maybe, um, you know, in our family, in your family, maybe um, an easy example to talk about is money. Like if your mom was constantly complaining about rich people and constantly talking about how um, nothing good comes from having a lot of money, then when you receive a raise or you, um, people want to pay you for something often it's not conscious at all, but subconsciously you will put a limit on how good you can feel about yourself in that moment or about what you're doing in that moment because of like that original thermostat setting that we were programmed to kind of operate at. Um, And this can be super subtle as well. Like, um, you know, you have, I find myself doing this all the time. Like I have a really great day and I'm really like energized and really excited to get things done. And then I like sit in my car for 20 minutes on my phone and I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm literally upper limiting because I just had like a great day and my body like doesn't even know how to handle like continually allowing myself to live in that space of like goodness and like joy. And I have to feel like I have, I feel like I have to constantly bring myself back down to being like anxious about something or being feeling like I have to do something or feeling guilty about something. And it really like, once you become aware of it, you can catch yourself doing that kind of thing all the time. 
And like, wow. even like eating, um, eating, like eating really well and like working out for a few days or just like you're, you feel really healthy in your body and then you binge something or you might not even know it, but like your comfort, uh, my like comfort meal is like burger fries and a milkshake. And it's like, after that meal, I don't feel great. <laughs> and I can tell it's like, Oh my gosh, wait, I'm just thinking like when you were synthesizing this earlier, like think about the foods that we eat to celebrate with. <laughs> cake is canceled. <laughs> like cake and pizza and ice cream. Like we're literally upper limiting our joy and celebration. Or even like when you go out for drinks. <gasps> mm. Wow. Because alcohol is like a depressant. Right. But in the moment, it's like this temporary high. It's the same thing with sugar. Mm -hmm. And so you're almost trying to like trick yourself into thinking like, oh, I'm having a good time. But then like, you know, the crash will be so much worse or you won't feel as well after. So it's like this like double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. I I find I do this a lot with my um, phone. Like often actually this is this is definitely a pattern for me like after like a women's circle or like a really like invigorating like zoom call or even like a really great like podcast episode instead of keeping that high energy or like keeping that feeling of just like oh my gosh I'm so in my purpose and I'm like feeling so great I will literally like sit on my phone and like scroll on Instagram or just like distract myself with something else on my phone to like bring myself down and like numb out again. It's very Mm. interesting. And I find that I, I do that with my phone a lot. Yeah. Same. It is that almost like, even instead of just like sitting and like being with yourself, like I find like I I'm craving something to distract me or disassociate from just like sitting with whatever emotions I have, whether they're good or bad. Yeah. (sighs) there's addiction in and of itself yeah it really is and um one of my teachers from the birth school that I took last summer she talks about um well she was taught and taught us like this exercise of feeling your feelings all the way through to completion and so instead of constantly kind of like dipping into these feelings and then numbing yourself or capping yourself or upper limiting yourself it's like when you feel this buzz of joy because you just had an amazing call or you want to celebrate something, like how can you express that joy in your body like 100% and kind of like let it move through you and like recalibrate your thermostat. So that might mean like blasting music and like dancing around until you feel tired or um, like singing or going on a run or like continuing to you know, like writing yourself like a celebratory letter or something like that. And same thing goes for all the feelings, like learning to express your anger and learning to express your sadness, but letting it go all the way through to completion so that you're not just constantly like tapping in, tapping out, tapping in, tapping out, like experiencing such little emotional range. And you're kind of like allowing yourself to reset your thermostat on all levels. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that with feelings like joy and creativity and love. Um, 
maybe it's easier for you to feel your sadness all the way through or feel your anger all the way through. But how often do we really let ourselves feel the fullest extent of like joy and celebration? Wow. Or I'm even thinking about like, after you have like a really good workout, like the mentality of like, oh, I'm now I can treat myself right and like this is not a commentary on the critiques of diet culture or anything like that but it's like are you like treating yourself because now you finally feel like you have reached a point where you deserve to eat something that will make you not feel well and then like what does that say about Mm, your thermostat setting yeah Like, what if you felt really good after a workout and you let yourself continue to feel good? Right. How would your life change? What if you just allowed yourself to feel good all the time? What if you gave yourself permission to (laughs) life? (laughs) Like, wow. Um, This this book, this guy, he is like, he's next level, clearly. But he talks about actually physical injury and physical illness as upper limiting. And if you kind of subscribe to the idea that we do that, like emotions are connected to your body, which is connected to your health and your emotional health is directly linked to your physical health. That idea is really not that far off because if I think about the times that I get sick, it's like, I, either run myself to the ground with stress or, um, oh my gosh, do you hear that? Yeah. (laughs) It's the upper limits. (laughs) My ceiling is literally like, there's someone like crashing my ceiling now and the upper limit is quaking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Whoa, this is weird. Um, anyway, uh, Yeah. So physical illness and injury. And I've heard so many stories as well of women postpartum having like an amazing birth and like having it be like the most ecstatic experience of their life. Just everything going so amazingly and feeling so in their body and so in power and then throwing their neck out after birth or like spraining their ankle Mm. or coming down with a cough that lasts for nine months. And in the sphere that I'm in, a lot of the women do conflate emotional health with physical health. So they're just like, I didn't know how to handle the amount of power and ecstasy and love that I was feeling. And my body literally like short circuited and like, you know, something happened. And even, um, my friend was, uh, she was like dancing on her Instagram story last night or a couple nights ago, she's a, she's a dancer. And, um, she was like, it feels so good to dance. And then the next day she's like, I literally like sprained something in my hip. And I'm like, you have limited yourself. And she was like, I know. <laughs> like, it's just such an interesting way of looking at things. You don't have to look at like it like this, but to look at the patterns and to kind of look with more intention at your life in that way is super interesting to kind of raise that consciousness of like, intention behind everything that you do and how it's all connected. Wow. I'm thinking in terms of conversations of the body too, like how like fear can be this upper limit or like this limiting Mm -hmm. belief 
in and of itself and such this like driving force of like fear of oh can I even trust my body to right you know free birth or you know run a mile or what have you or you know how will other people perceive what I'm mm-hmm. doing or is this is this challenging a, a paradigm in my like family culture or my societal culture or my neighborhood or my work culture that hasn't been challenged before and like what will I lose if I Yes. Speak it. Yeah. What will you lose is a really important question to ask because it like really points you in the direction of how you are holding yourself back. And I think like this is really where this conversation gets dismissed by a lot of people because it can it can turn into without like nuance that, you know, you are creating everything that happens to you in your life. So let's say you get robbed. It's like, some people would say, well, you created that experience. You attracted that experience in some way. And that's not it at all, because obviously trauma and tragedy and crisis happen. And it doesn't mean that you deserved that or that you were attracting that experience, but it's like a way of almost like giving power back to you in those situations of like, how do I orient myself around this situation that happened to me? Like, how can I alchemize it and like allow, yeah, it's a framework of, of looking at things that I've found helpful and I haven't found it to be like victim blaming in any way but I think I already come into it with that lens so I'm already not looking at it like that but I think that's a common critique that people can can find with these types of thoughts like you know no we don't have agency over everything in our lives and it's like well we do have agency over how we orient orient around different circumstances and situations and that I think is powerful to say to someone who's experienced trauma like You don't have to live at this thermostat level for the rest of your life because you've experienced X, Y, Z. It's like you have the power to actually raise that and like live in freedom still. Yeah. It's not like you're moving into your college residence hall and the thermostat is preset in every room and you can't control it or worse yet you what a metaphor it. you think you can control it but it's broken and you put in a bunch of maintenance requests but nobody's answering it's not that you have control. Uh, you can yeah. control it from a little app on your phone like mm. you, the power is in your hands i'm also thinking of another metaphor of like like that is the metamorphosis especially in the through the lens of like trauma and healing and like hope is that you are one thing, but then you can take that experience and envelop yourself in it and then become something so much more like beautiful and like experience the world in a whole new way because of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's never a denial that you, like your transformation is not a denial of who you were or what you previously experienced. Mm-hmm. It's a celebration and a newfound beauty and becoming of who you are into this new 
person that has been informed by your experiences. Mm. Yes. I have in the background that like black and blue frame is Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis short story cover art. One of my favorites about a man who just wakes up as an ugly bug one day and has to figure out what to do with himself. <laughs> Wonder what I he did. Say it's as inspiring as the Big Leap, but a classic nonetheless. <laughs> I was gonna say, what did he do to create that upper limit problem? <laughs> when you wake up as an ugly bug. <laughs> okay, I want to give some examples of ways we upper limit ourselves that are from this book, and maybe we can talk about some of these before moving into like abundance and scarcity. Um, so the first example he gives is worrying. Um, And he says, when things are going well for us, an upper limit mechanism kicks in and we can suddenly start worrying about things going wrong in some way. And that is such a cultural norm of like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like everything's going good. So something's about to go bad. Like it can't be this Uh, great. Oh my gosh. Good, bad things come in threes. Yes. All good things come to an end. (laughs) Like everything that we have is programmed to tell us that like, okay, it can't last this long. Like, this is not going to last this long. And it's like, why can't we just allow it to be good and like allow it to be amazing? And- yeah. Everyone, everyone wants to talk about what goes up must come down, like laws of physics or whatever they are. But like, nobody wants to talk about, like, yeah, it went up and it experienced the experience of being up and now it's coming back down to share that newfound experience with us that new perspective that new Mm. worldview nobody wants to talk about that no one wants to talk about that yeah and like it's flipping the perspective of instead of looking for the next bad thing if you have the mindset that everything is good it's like how is this for me then like how is a horrible date actually a good thing like in my mind or um how is getting laid off from my job like is there anything there that could be beneficial like in my life like it's just looking at it differently and I'm not a person that's like optimistic or positive I'm very negative and I'm very like cynical but this way of looking at things has really allowed me to like just stop living in this realm of like, ugh, things are happening to me and I have no control over them. Like, it's more like, okay, how is the universe like always here for me and like always trying to like help me on my journey? It's not yes. just out to get me. Yes, I was, this makes me think of, I do not subscribe to the paradigm of everything happens for a reason, but I love how we keep saying, we're like, we don't believe this, but we're going to phrase it in (laughs) this way. And this is what we do believe. (laughs) Right. Not everything happens for a reason because that insinuates that someone else is like controlling your life or like deciding what is good for you, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. But I do think that their like meaning can be found in everything or yes. there is potential for lessons and growth in all of your experiences mm-hmm. you know like when I accidentally went on a tinder date in the woods with someone who I had just met mm-hmm. like did that happen for a reason 
no (laughs) it happened because I was dumb (laughs) but did I learn from it do I have a really good story to tell because of the situation I was in yes right and therefore now the power is back in my hands I can control what I do with that event and that narrative and that memory that lingers in my brain you know like I can control what I do with that and I could control how I responded and acted in that moment and I was I didn't need to conform to anything because someone else put me there yeah yeah uh, your experiences belong to you Mm -hmm. you get to decide what you do with them it's true um yeah that phrase is problematic but I also I feel the same way like a lot of people would say that after my cousin died and like I feel like that's a phrase people throw around with death a lot like everything happens for a reason and it's like don't say that to people (laughs) just like that's just it's something that like in hindsight maybe you can glean yeah you can see how it shaped you as a person you can see how these experiences like made you who you are but it's this idea of looking at I feel like that's kind of a religious phrase as well and kind of a phrase that people say to kind of be like well god knows every like god has a plan for every single thing that happens and then it's like wow does god fucking hate me (laughs) right well and the lessons the lessons that you can learn are contingent on like a retrospective like vantage point yeah exactly in the moment that's not comforting because guess what I'm not learning the reason quote unquote or the lesson or I'm not appreciative I'm just grieving like let me freaking grieve right it's much more we're not getting into this but it's much more comforting for the people saying it than for the people receiving it oh there you go Mm -hmm. okay so okay back to this (laughs) thing um so worrying so that's an upper limit and he says that when you start to worry you can ask yourself is there any action I can take right now to make a positive difference and if the answer is no then you're most likely upper limiting yourself which is really interesting because worrying is such a like there's usually no it's all consuming there's nothing you can do right like wow And he gives the example of like, oh, did I worry that I left the kettle boiling on the stove? Now, is there something you can do to make a positive difference? Yes, you could go check. And so then you know that that's an actual flag and not an upper limit. Like you're actually like, that is a possibility. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like, will I ever get married? (laughs) Like, (laughs) is there a positive action you can take? to make or an action you can take to make a positive difference right now with that question no that's an upper limit you're gonna like grab your magic eight ball and like (laughs) right and I think like those big questions are really all consuming with people and it stops you from living in the moment like even forget about upper limiting it just stops you from being even present at all yes well and so that makes me think of also like um for my anxious friends like when I'm having a panic attack it seems like everything like I get to that point because I feel like everything is out of control 
and I I don't know how to like help myself and I Mm. don't think anybody else can help me and it becomes this all-consuming thing but then and I'm not saying in the moment of a panic attack I'm gonna remember this book and this question and be like oh is there anything I could do to like soothe myself but you know outside of that event right now to look at it and be like oh is there anything in those moments that could help me like yes but in those moments I would say no but that's just me then taking over the narrative in my mind of being like no there's nothing I could do for myself but then as soon as you say that then or acknowledge that it's an upper limit it's you are recognizing that you're in control of the situation whether you decide to help Mm. yourself or not help yourself Mm -hmm. and so you do have power and like autonomy in those situations even though I'm not saying like everyone spring into action in the midst of a panic attack but just to know that like there like you have authority and control in whatever situation you you like are able and willing to assert authority and control yep yeah and like if you're if you're thinking about about worrying as an upper limit problem then or symptom then you can kind of work backwards and be like, okay, if I find myself in this worry loop or this like anxious loop, what, like, what is trying to come into my life? Like, what is something positive that's trying to emerge that my thermostat is blocking or like I'm capping Mm -hmm. from entering my life. So like, um, we also see this with, uh, did I, Oh, I, yeah, I talked about postpartum. Um, we see this with postpartum too. Like, once again, nuance. This is one way of looking at it. I'm not saying this is the only way, but things like postpartum, um, anxiety, postpartum, like OCD, and these like repeating thoughts and these like overwhelming, overconsuming worries. It's like you have this being that's now like you are all consumed in love with and who is just like the epitome of love. And like, for some people that can be so huge to integrate into your life, like such a huge positive, like experience to integrate in. And these worry loops can really be a way that you're kind of like, okay, how do I get like, if we think of birth as like a really thermostat raising activity, then we can think of some of the things that happen after birth as like a way to try to get it back down. But like, the universe is saying, no, now your thermostat setting has raised, like now you're up here. And so these, these loops that you can find yourself in often come after like some really expansive moments. Um, it's just a very fascinating way to like, look at mental health and like, look at things differently. Definitely. Wow. Um, some of the other things that he says are symptoms, um, criticizing and blaming, um, deflecting. So like if someone gives you a compliment and you literally like block the positive energy from coming in, he calls that an an upper limit, which is, that's kind of intuitive. Makes sense. Like someone's actually extending you like a temperature raise and you're like, nope, bring it back down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you just like clam up and you're like, oh, words of affirmation aren't my love language. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're like fighting with the person to keep it just as how it was. Like 
they want to raise you to 99 degrees. You're like, no, we're going to bring it. We're going to keep it at 98. <laughs> um, arguments and squabbling. Um, he says that he um, has seen this in couples that he's worked with, just little arguments that, um, you know, and you see this also in a lot of pop culture, like movies and songs. It's like the up and down roller coaster relationship is the one that's like revered as the exciting and the the relationship that you want to aim for. Whereas a relationship that's like secure and steady and allows you to like grow is not often the one that we're comfortable with because our thermostat setting was at a point that said that like chaos and fighting and punishment and all these different ways that we were maybe treated as children, like that's how relationships should go. So then you have like a healthy relationship in front of you and you try to cap it by arguing every day over like the dishes or something. Well, this is just like self-sabotage. It is, it is. And and again, like I, so he did include self-sabotage in the definition and I wanted to say something about that too because I feel like self-sabotage insinuates that you like, you're doing something to, um, yeah, you're doing something to sabotage yourself like consciously. And I just want to like, how I see it is that it, it really is you're trying to survive the best way that you know how, like you're not actively like, well, I don't deserve this. So I'm going to sabotage myself. It's like your body, your nervous system, like really does not feel safe. Like really doesn't know what that could look like. So you're just trying to keep yourself safe. And like, even the people that, you know, we've all known people that are in those really like it seems like toxic and really dramatic relationships and they're always fighting. And you're just like, I I know that it doesn't have to be like that for you, but that's how they are keeping themselves safe. And like, we do this all in different ways. So I feel like self-sabotage can kind of be this, like, I don't know, a word that has a different feeling attached to it than how I like to think about it as just like a survival mechanism. Yeah. Coping tactic because that's what's, comfortable and it's what's comfortable because it's what's familiar and that's to no fault of anyone but like once you recognize that and recognize that you have the power to like change that temperature on that thermostat Mm -hmm. like you take control over your life and you create the life that is in alignment with who you are and what you want yeah um Oh, what was I going to say with, yeah, I forget. Um, it's a I've very, also read that, um, like another thing that we just like do to kind of like limit ourselves is like in the realm of, and again, there's lots of other <laughs> things that go into this, but like posture of like not hmm. letting ourselves like stand up straight or like as tall as we are um hmm. yeah okay like subtle things well Making we could tie physically small right we could tie that into women's fashion and the way our feet are <laughs> entrapped 
in shoes that throw off our entire alignment in our posture. And literally when women start like freeing their pelvis from like tight waistbands and freeing their chest from like tight bras and freeing, freeing their feet from high heels. And then they grow like three inches because their body was like, thank you for not constricting me anymore. Right. And that is not an exaggeration. No, it's legit. Like hashtag free the feet. Look up the movement. (laughs) And if we recall our conversation with Dr. D earlier this season, like just how important that alignment of the spine is for your entire overall health. Oh my gosh, right. And your like brain and mental health. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you want a good, easy, practical first step, just stand up a little bit straighter. Yeah. Even like the way that I sit, I'm always like hunched into a tiny ball. And like the way that I sleep, I'm like, I'm like in fetal position. Like it's, it's like scary. Cause I feel like I'm always in that, like talk about scarcity abundance, like always in that like constricted space of like, like bracing myself for who knows what, like the nervous system is always on alert, high alert. And I have to be like, so mindful of, okay, open posture. And like, when I'm going to bed, like laying on my back and just like breathing and allowing myself, allowing my body to have the experiences of being like, relaxed, like you're good. There's no like like, predator. Open. Mm -hmm. Do I need to break up with my weighted blanket? Oh no, I- the weighted blanket helps me like when I lay down and I feel like I'm more open, like the weighted blanket helps me like relax into it more. I like can't fall asleep without it. When I don't have the weighted blanket, I am like swaddling myself, you know? Oh, same. I pile like pillows on top of myself if I feel mm-hmm. like crash on someone's couch. I also like, I don't move in my sleep and I sleep on my back. So there's like so many intimate details, but like <laughs> I fold my weighted blanket in half. So it's like twice as heavy, all like concentrated. And then I buy like six other blankets on top, but like, <laughs> maybe I missed but, the like, Who knows? Like, literally upper limiting, like your diaphragm, <laughs> your capacity to like inhale. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I do like when I wake up in the morning, I, it's like, uh, this is my first, like, you know, some people like make their bed in the morning or like go for a run. My like first like accomplished feat is like hoisting all of my blankets off of me because I like am trapped in bed. Wow. Maybe I'll work (laughs) on that. Wow. Um, Listeners are learning so much about me this season. Yeah, they are. I hope they're enjoying Hmm. Um. Anything we want to talk about in terms of abundance and scarcity mindset, which we we mentioned last week with Kyle. Um, True. But I feel like we have thoughts. One of my. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just. <laughs> I don't know why, as soon as you said abundance and scarcity, the image that popped into my head was like the loaves and the fishes. Oh, <laughs> okay, Easter. <laughs> Still Easter season. Well, I don't know if people know Expand the story. on that. Yeah, go um, ahead. Um, Jesus is like, there's 5,000 people listening to him talk and they're like, the disciples are like, we got to feed these people. 
I'm paraphrasing the New Testament, obviously. Um, but Jesus is like, don't worry, I got this. And they're like, no, like we only have so many fish and so many loaves. It was in the single digits. I don't remember. I'm more of an Old Testament gal myself. But Jesus is like, don't worry, I got this. Trust me. And they start passing around the baskets and everyone gets fed with just mm-hmm. a few things. Like the food just keeps coming. And it's like, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> truly from another part of the bible (laughs) the mashup but same idea Mm -hmm. like i don't know i'm not claiming to be jesus but you know like you have this like power to like again back to our manifestation episode with maggie like create the like the life of your dreams and like trust yourself and you know obviously it's grounded in reality and so it takes like a very keen and intuitive connection to your present reality and who you are and what you really desire but when you do that you can bring into this world like the life that you want to live um and so I guess that was just like the um biblical narrative ingrained in my mind after all these years of religious education but um of like Jesus demonstrating that example of like, no, like I know what I'm capable of and I know what I'm here to do. It's to serve people and I'm mm. going to do that. Mm-hmm. And the abundance poured forth. Right. Made manifest. Wow. Manifest. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> but what were you going to say? I was going to say some of the upper limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs that we can have around abundance and scarcity are like asking yourself if you really want, like, are you willing to have the life that you want? Are you willing to make X amount of money? Are you willing to make a million dollars? Some people do not want to have a million dollars because they do not, they wouldn't know how to handle it. They would be, they have different money stories about that type of person. They wouldn't trust themselves with it. Um, Like, so I I feel like, where am I going with this? People that say um, that have, these like kind of stories on loop of like, oh, I can't make enough money. Like I never get a raise. Um, I'm, I've been at the same job for 10 years and I, I haven't, I can never make enough money. Like, are there certain beliefs that you are setting your thermostat temperature on? Do you feel that you are only worth a certain amount of money? Do you feel like you would trust yourself with double the amount of money that you have? Like, Um, do you actually want it all? What would change in your life if you started making triple that amount of money? Mm -hmm. Um, what people would you disappoint? Like, what do you actually want? And I'm not saying that you need to change those beliefs because then everyone's number, if we're talking about money could be different. Um, but it's the people that like, you know, they're complaining or they're, they can't understand why they're stuck in a certain loop or a certain, um, mindset or lifestyle or tax bracket or whatever yeah and and who will you who would you have to interact with in order to like 
make that much money or whatever you're trying to, whatever life you're trying to manifest, because maybe that's the opportunity cost. It's not, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. There are people um, in my life that I know could help me make a lot of money, but it's not worth it to me to, mm, you know, break down the boundaries that I've already set forth to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for you, like, if you were going around saying, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 50, but you actually, your actual actions were that you have boundaries in your life around the people that you know could help you make money, or you're staying in really low paying jobs, or you have these limiting beliefs like that, or that would be a limiting belief because you're saying you want one thing, but your actions are actually dictating another thing. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's, it's super interesting. Like I'm going to say, again, I'm going to give like another birth example, but there's some women that are like, I really want to have a home birth. I really want to have a home birth. Um, but I hired an OB just in case. And I have my hospital bag packed just in case. And my partner's really not down with a home birth. And so it's like, you don't want a home birth then. Like if you want a home birth, then you're going to have a home birth. And it's like, if you have a home birth, but if you want, if you say you want to have a home birth, but your bags are packed and you hired an OB and you're doing all these things that are putting your energy into a different realm, then there's conflicted messagings messages there. And there's upper limiting happening somewhere. If you're looking at it through the lens of upper limiting, then there's upper limiting happening somewhere. Obviously there's a ton of other things happening, but that's kind of just a a simple example of like saying one thing, but actually doing another because of these limiting beliefs. The T. Well, and again, back to the manifestation episode, it's not enough to just like say, I want this to happen. I want to do this. I want to be this person. Like it has to be grounded in a sense of reality. And so if you are, like you said, with that birth example, like if you're saying you want this thing, but then all of your tangible actions are rooted in another reality, right? then that thing you say that you want is just this lofty fantasy. Yes. You haven't created anything in real time in Mm -hmm. any tangible or concrete way to tell the universe or to tell, you know, the cells and molecules. To direct your energy. Yeah, to direct yourself. Right. You are actively creating the reality that you say you don't want. Yes. Seriously. (laughs) Your face. Listeners, if you haven't hopped on the YouTube, this episode is the episode to do so because we've had some great faces so far. Yeah, it's wild. And trust me, this is just, if anyone has the audacity to think that I'm like on a soapbox here, this is literally like a book that I'm reading. I am in no way implementing this in my life. (laughs) I mean, it's very interesting to become aware of these things, but I wouldn't say that I'm some practicing person, but it is, um, it's just like getting to know myself more and getting to know like, oh, that I don't believe in myself in that area of life or like, huh, I guess that I'm out of integrity in this area because I'm saying I want this, but I'm really not like, Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, and this makes me think back to um, our episode, two episodes ago about um, our part one of the big leap. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about the zone of genius and the different areas of like competency and excellence and things like that. And like I mentioned, discerning, is this thing um, something I'm passionate about because I genuinely am passionate about it? Or is it because other people see it as valuable and mm-hmm. let me know that? Like, I feel like that could be such a limiting belief too, or um, of like, oh, thinking that you're not competent in something because it's not explicitly valuable to someone else or someone else isn't affirming you in your capacity to do it. Like, again, being able to sit with yourself and discern like, why is this valuable to me? Why am I drawn to doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Like you'll, you know, easier said than done, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So any other final thoughts? Um, this was like a, I feel like this was a crash course, like a really quick throw a ton of stuff at you and just like run away. Yeah, a lot um, of metaphors. Um, I think to like finish off that thermostat me- metaphor of like, you deserve to be the hottest version of yourself. Oh, I love that let yourself be hot yeah like crank it up all the way to the top like everyone around you should be sweating because you are so hot and that is what happens though for real when you do step into your fullest integrity and self people sweat because they're like shit I'm not doing that or like Mm. I wish I could do that or what is what is she doing like that's so inappropriate or that like that yeah whatever like people are gonna sweat and they should be because you are just gonna continually be turning up the heat and expanding in abundance success and love every day as my mantra says from the big leap right in front of me and then mm, you are raising your own like standard and like level and then other people have no choice but to try to like meet you Mm -hmm. there and you will not keep like settling for the level that everyone else is at because you have surmounted it yeah like and then the people around like talk about like what you'll lose like there are going to be some people that were you know when you were operating in the 50s and they were operating in the 50s and you guys were vibing but now you're operating in the 80s and you're like you need to find people who are not only operating in the 80s, but operating in the 90s, in the triple yeah. digits. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as soon as people see you being all like hot and they're getting bothered by it, like, you know, but also the people that like want to be around you are going to be like, oh my gosh, like you are radiant. You are on fire. Like, what have you been doing? What, what is your life looking like? Where right did now? you get your ring light? I was just going to say like, people probably clicked on this YouTube video because they were like, wow, Keelan and Emily are glowing <laughs> in this new episode. Like what, what are they doing like, differently? It must be a, what about like what they're talking about? Right. Something. 
Like we just you, got ring lights, but we invested in ourselves in that way. And you can buy a ring light. Like you don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a TikTok influencer to buy a no, ring no, light. No. no. Like talk about, that is a way that people over limit though. Like I can't do this because I'm not that. Why the hell not? True. The audacity. Or even like, oh, I can't own a ring light because then I'll come across as someone who's trying to be someone who like owns a ring light. (laughs) I'm sorry. If we're going to live in this world where like we have to be on Zoom all the time, like I want you to be able to see me. Right. Dare to be seen. Yeah. And, you know, maybe turn up the brightness, maybe turn on, change Mm. the mode. Who knows? (gasps) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to go upper limit myself. And <laughs> um, scroll on Instagram for 20 minutes. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, so when you all go out and buy ring lights, send us a good selfie. Oh, my gosh, um, please. We'd love that. Yes. Um, follow us on Instagram. Check out our YouTube if you haven't yet. And, you know, sometimes the versions that we post on YouTube are unedited. Well, they're always unedited. (laughs) But sometimes we really edit the episodes. So there's some uncut features on the YouTube. So Mm, a little bonus content, (laughs) a.k.a. the unwanted parts of what we said. Right. Oh, hey, one man's trash is another man's treasure. (laughs) All right, elementals, um, turn the heat up, turn it up, <laughs> raise your electric bill, raise it's your gas hot bill. in here, so take off all of your shoes. And upper limiters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>